welcome to the Buckeye Investor. I'm your host, Demonte Hester. Join me as we interview ordinary people who have accomplished extraordinary things for the good and bad and the ugly. We'll define what wealth means and how you can achieve it too. Lead the life you want to live. Create the legacy you'd be proud of. Learn the rules and play the game. Without further ado, let's jump in. Welcome everybody to the Buckeye Investor Show. I am super excited for today's episode. Our guest today is Dan Mitchin, a multifamily investor who has bought apartment complexes in and around Ohio, also buys homes to rent out on Airbnb. He's a real estate uh, agent for Keller Williams, and he's going to tell us about his journey to financial freedom. You guys are going to really love Dan's story. So without further ado, let's bring him in. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Sorry, uh, we had to do a take two. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, we recorded the entire episode the first time, and it wasn't on record. So <laughs> we are back once again. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> so, man, like, how uh, how's the family life going? Everything's going good. Um, yeah, we uh, we're actually going to spend the entire day together today. After this, well, after this, I have like couple of follow-up calls I need to make and then uh, spend all day with family. And I don't know what we're doing yet. Maybe go to the zoo, but uh, doing something fun today. That's awesome. And then how are things going in the business? Things are going good. Um, actually, so I just hired, uh, I hired some help. So two VAs, one to do data entry and then another one to do acquisitions and outbound calls. Um, and yesterday was day 10. Uh, my acquisitions uh, gal that started and we have uh, four deals. We're really close to negotiating. Like each deal, we're only a thousand dollars off. And honestly, like we would come up to our seller's price. Um, we're just trying to obviously get a little bit better deal, a little bit better margin. Um, but I think they're going to work out. And those four deals equate to like two, just over 200 grand in equity. So pretty excited. That's awesome, man. So tell us from a from a high level viewpoint, what is it that you do? So I uh, I'm a real estate investor. I do a little bit of everything. Um, I have ownership in a hundred units in a few different apartment complexes. <clears throat> I have a an Airbnb. It's like a vacation retreat slash getaway. Um, it's down in Carrollton on Leesville Lake. And that thing, that thing has probably been my best asset so far. Uh, like our monthly expenses, like with debt, taxes, insurance, and everything are like right around 600 bucks a month. And the last two months we've grossed anywhere from 3000 to $4,000 a month. So that's doing really well. <clears throat> and then I also have an Airbnb up in Cleveland. Um, that kind of took a hit during COVID, but it's starting to recover. Um, that's nice because people that are coming to the city are going to use that spot. So that's starting to pick up again, which is good. And then I also have a couple rentals, uh, long-term rentals. And then I have uh, some flips I'm working on right now. I have two on the market and then we have like two or three more that are coming up and that'll be ready for market here soon. So you're definitely a busy guy, man. Uh, how do you balance out your time through all those things? Um, so I, I'm not going to pretend that I have it perfect. Um, so like, for example, the Airbnb down like the vacation retreat, 
um, I actually need to make a pivot here. So I either need to sell that property. Uh, I have it listed. It's not officially on the market, but I'm looking for an investor to buy it. Um, and then I either need to do that. I need to sell it or I need to find a cleaner, which is hard for me right now. And I haven't really looked uh, deep either um, because right now I'm managing it and I'm cleaning it. So and I told you how booked up we are. So like a few days out of the week, I'm actually going down there and it's like an hour and a eh, little less than an hour and a half away from me. I'm going down, I'm cleaning it. I'm getting ready for the next guest. And then like, it doesn't sound like a lot of time, but when it takes you like an hour and 15 minutes to drive there, <clears throat> another hour and a half to clean it and then an hour and a half back, like it, it like killed my entire day. Yeah. So I, I actually, uh, I started looking for a cleaner. I put some ads up. I'm going to post uh, something in a Facebook group. I should be able to find one just for so long. Like that was my second home. And I'm like, no, I don't want anyone else doing it. And now I'm at the point where like, I realize I need somebody to do it. Um, and then from there, as far as like how I manage my day, um, I literally just have everything in my phone. So uh, to me, like I, I've learned this quote or saying since I got into real estate, it's not in your schedule, it doesn't exist. Um, so everything that's important that I need to do goes in my schedule. And that includes uh, not just like real estate stuff, but there's a coaching group I'm a part of and he preaches core four. So power, passion, purpose, production. So each and every day working on one of those things. So power is your body, um, your body or like fitness. So working out, eating right. Um, Power passion is relationships. So what's one thing that I can do today to improve my relationships, whether that's again something simple like making coffee for my wife and leaving her a note or um, ordering my, my mom lunch at work. Or like another thing I've done in the past is I sent my mother-in-law an edible arrangement just like randomly. Um, so that's passion. Purpose is like working on yourself. So reading a book. Um, learning something new, like mindset, meditation, prayer, whatever that may be. And then uh, last one is production, which is what this is. So uh, business, like what am I going to do today to, to move my business forward? Um, so again, it's not just real estate. It's all those things kind of in my schedule and, and working on each piece every single day. That's awesome, man. I'm going to have to use some of your tips on that one myself. So uh, awesome. What was uh what was life like before you started real estate investing? So before real estate investing, um, how far back do you want to go? Uh, I'd say uh, early adulthood. Okay, um, I'll just give you a rundown. Like I've I've done a little bit of everything. Um, I've always been that kind of person. Like even in high school, I had that entrepreneur mindset where I was always trying to think of ways to make money. So. Um, let's start with high school. So I started in high school. My first ever job was I was working at a uh, party center, wedding center, whatever you want to call it. And I was just a dishwasher um, from there. And that was only on the weekends. From there, I picked up a second job. I worked at McDonald's. So flipping burgers, all that fun stuff. And then on the weekends, uh, I would also uh, I'd work both jobs. So I'd work at McDonald's in the morning. And then straight after that, I'd go to the party center. Um, backing up a little bit even further before I was 16, I was, uh, helping with roofs. So tearing off shingles, cleaning up those sorts of things, more, more so labor. Um, in high school, again, I've always had that entrepreneur mindset. So I, uh, I would do weird things to make money. Like I bought a 15 passenger van 
and I was going to haul Amish people around. The only problem with that was I was working two jobs, so I never had time. So like in the Amish, they don't have phones like in that area that I was at. So they would call me from a pay phone and I'd be at McDonald's working. I couldn't pick up whatever reason. They still left me voicemails, but I never call them back. Um, but I ended up flipping that van and I made like 600 bucks. So like 600 bucks doesn't sound like a lot. But when I was in high school, like I was totally jacked up about it. Um, so I did that. Um, I would buy used washers and dryers off Craigslist and from like estate sales, uh, take them home, clean them up. And then I would flip them uh, that same day or week, however long it took them to sell and make like two to three hundred bucks per set. Again, not a lot of money. But when I was in high school, it was a lot of money. Um, so after after all that, uh, after I graduated high school, stopped working at McDonald's was my next job. I was a uh, I was a I worked at a gas station. I called myself a manager, but whatever. I worked at a gas station. From there, I delivered chips. So I drove one of those big box trucks, driving around to stores and grocery stores, dropping off chips. Uh, that was my shortest job. That was three months because my boss uh, couldn't stand the guy. I re- remember my truck broke down. He's like, "Does it have gas?" And I'm like, "From there, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done." <laughs> um, so after that. I was a private investigator. Or no, not yet. From there, I switched and I worked in a milk factory. Um, so I worked there for about two years. Uh, after that, I became a private investigator. Sounds cool, but it's super boring. Uh, doing surveillance on like um, workers' comp uh, fraud, uh, people that get into accidents, saying they can't do this and that and all that fun stuff. Uh, after that, my wife and I bought our first house. And our real estate agent, we actually went through three different agents. Our first one was extremely salesy, uh, was calling us nonstop, trying to sell us every single house we walked into. And we were first time home buyers and we didn't like that. So we fired him. Our second one was completely opposite, would never return our calls. We'd go and look at a house and just be super quiet. So I got rid of him. Third agent, uh, she was phenomenal. She knocked it out of the park and we absolutely loved her. And I was thinking in my mind, like, if this guy, if these two guys can do it, why can't I do it? So I got into real estate, got my license. I was uh, an agent for five years. Technically, I still have my license. I also got into coaching. So I coached around 70 agents in a span of like two years. And then from there, I transitioned out of that. And now I'm into real estate investing. Here I am today. So we'll see what happens in the next five years. Uh, since so We're going to switch paths a little bit here about your investing journey. How did you get started? So my situation is a little bit different. Um, so when I was an agent, I was constantly around investors. Um, one, So there's a guy, his name's Tim Bratz. He joined my brokerage and he was starting a property management company. He was already an investor. And he went to my broker and he's like, hey, I need help and I need agents to help me. Like, who do you know who would be a good fit? So my broker introduced me to Tim. And I started helping with his property management. So when I was helping with property management, I learned the investment side um, a lot faster than a lot of agents would. So learned the ins and outs about investments. Um, and fast forward like three years later, I'm watching Tim, that owner of the management company, build a, just a huge apartment portfolio and with, with no money out of pocket either. So like he went from 
zero to I think today he has over 4,000 units in a matter of now it's been like five years or so, maybe even less than that. And yeah, so what he started doing is he started a training or coaching company as well. And like you'll see a lot of gurus like like you'll see their ads on Facebook or whatever. But Tim, like I knew like I knew Tim personally and he's someone that I trusted and genuinely believed in. And when I heard he was doing a three day seminar on how to invest in apartment buildings, I was like, I'm all in. Um, didn't tell my wife how much it costs, but she doesn't ask now because obviously we've made that investment back. Um, but I, I went to that seminar and uh, my mind was just blown. And so right after that seminar, I'm a big believer on. If you hear if you if you hear a great idea, take action on it, don't sit around and just wait, right? Because then it's ultimately like every day that goes by, it's a lot less likely that's gonna happen. So first day I was done with the seminar, I started banging out phone calls. Um, and that was my one action step, is just start taking action and, and make phone calls and just start talking to people. So I did that, got my first uh, property under contract. So up to this point, the only property I've ever owned was my primary residence, didn't have any rentals, no flips, no nothing. And this was a 70 unit apartment building. Um, and I just kind of faked it. Uh, like when I was making phone calls, I'm like, hey, my name's Dan Mitchin. I'm looking to add a couple more hundred units to my portfolio over the next few months and want to see if you'd have any interest in selling. And this guy's like, yeah, if the price was right, I'd probably be interested in selling. And after negotiating, I was like, whoa, I think I actually have a deal here. So like no bank is going to give me a tune tune. $2.5 million loan when I've never done an investment deal. So I had to find some partners that had some experience in commercial and I just pretty much brought them the deal. And I'm like, Hey, look at, look at this deal and let me know what you think. And they're like, yeah, it sounds like a phenomenal deal. Like I think we're buying it for like 55 cents on the dollar and they're like, let's do it. So we did it. I helped with due diligence and that was it. So like a disclaimer there too, like I don't, I don't own a lot of that that deal. I'm a very minority owner. Uh, but that was the first step in building my portfolio. So I can say I have a small piece of a huge project or a huge building. Right. And, you know, I think the phrase goes, you know, like 50% of uh, a good deal is better than, you know, 100% of no deal. So, so yeah, my coach or my mentor um, says that same thing. Um, just he words it a little bit differently. So, 20% of a watermelon is better than 100% of a grape. So like, that's the mindset that I have, even with all my deals right now, like the only deal that I own myself is my Airbnb down on like the vacation retreat. Um, and everything else I own with partners, I can focus on what I'm good at. They can focus on what they're good that's at. That's awesome, man. So I heard you say in the beginning, um, as far as like looking for, like, you finally decided that, you know, this is what I'm going to do. You uh, attended a seminar, didn't tell your wife how much it cost. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, we're just going to go ahead and, and do it. We're going to take action on this. And then the first thing you did is uh, the thing that makes most people the most uncomfortable is cold calling a uh, seller. <laughs> so so how was that process like? Uh, like, th were you just kind of already comfortable with it since, you know, you were a real estate agent? Uh, and like, I guess, like, what's the conversation that you got, uh, that you were having with these people? um to you know make them consider selling yeah so um i was already 
somewhat comfortable with it. Um, cause like as an agent and as a coach, I was already doing this stuff every single day. It just wasn't with other investors. It was for like, for sale by owners, expired listings, those sorts of things like circle prospecting. Um, so I wasn't afraid of the phone. I won't lie. Like it's not my most favorite thing in the world. And that's another part of the reason why I just hired someone for acquisitions to do that for me. I, I don't like doing it. Um, but yeah, so I already had like, I wasn't too scared about it. But the thing with like investors too is when you cold call another investor rather than like a sale by owner or a complete cold call to a neighborhood, like investors are a lot more likely to talk to you and respect you. So they can a lot of times appreciate the hustle and they may say like, no, I'm not interested in selling, but they'll ask me like, what are you up to? Like, what are you doing? What can I help with? Like those sorts of things. And some of them don't, but exactly, exactly. So like, Cold calls to other investors are a lot easier than like your residential retail cold calls. What were some of the challenges initially? Um, challenges starting up is like the first deal is your hardest deal. Like you don't know what you don't know. So a lot of people freak out because what they'll do is they'll learn, they'll learn, they'll learn, they'll read, they'll read, they'll read. And, uh, like they never end up taking action. So like the hardest part is just taking action and then just learning as you go. So like what I would recommend, and I recommend this to all new investors is partner with somebody. So partner, like if, if you find a good commercial deal, then partner with somebody that kills in the commercial space. If you find a killer flip partner with somebody else that flips and let them teach you as you guys go. Um, so kind of going back to the last example, the watermelon and the grape, you just, you just got to do the work, um, do the work and find a good partner. And you're going to learn a lot from just, again, joint venturing with people uh, rather than doing things on your own. So like that, that's what I would recommend. Um, like, I can't really think of a, a ton of challenges. Like one challenge is we raise private capital for all of our deals. Um, and I'm not very good at raising private capital. <laughs> uh, so like one of my partners now, like he's a beast at raising private money. So, uh, and he's also my best friend. So we've partnered up. It's been awesome so far. Uh, we've been working together for like six months now. And uh, again, now I got rid of a challenge that, uh, again, I'm not good at. I get that off my plate. He handles that. And I handle like deal flow and project management and those right. sorts of focusing things. On your, focusing on your compared to your weaknesses for sure. Awesome, man. Uh, could you give us a little... Uh, pointers also on uh how to find a good partner yeah i think it just goes to like networking um so i joined a like we have a local networking group here um locally and it's pay to play i think it's like only like 139 bucks a month um but i joined that group and a lot of my partners are in that group so i've learned um i've been coached and I've been able to network with other people in that group as well. So like you start to learn um, who are the big time house flippers, not the people just saying they are, but the people that are showing that they're putting in the work and doing the deals, who are the good wholesalers. Um, you can co-wholesale uh, properties too, um, who are the beasts in the apartment game. So I think it's just networking. Um, how I got connected with my best friend in real estate is he started with, uh, we have another a 30 unit apartment building and he was always seeing my posts on social media and he's kind of, he has that same mindset as me. He's like, he likes to make money. 
Um, and he's like, hey, how can I get involved in this? I'm like, well, if you have $100,000, I'm like, you get involved that way. And he's like, okay. So he gave us $100,000. Um, and then from there, like, I've just, I just told him about my deals. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm up to. And uh, he just asked me one day, he's like, how can I get involved in this? He's like, I see you like just crushing it and I want to get involved. What can I do? I was like, well, you raise a hundred grand for our apartment building pretty fast. Like, what do you think about this? And then we just kind of chat. And now we talk literally every single day. It's awesome because he's my best friend and he focuses on his strength. I focus on mine and it's been awesome so far. So it's just, it's networking and telling people what you That's do. That's awesome. And I know some people who say that they don't want to do business with, you know, family or friends. What would be your experience with that? Uh, probably so far so good. Dude. Yeah. So I haven't had one fight with this guy yet. Um, like, like we, we've always had that relationship too. Like we're like, if he's slacking on something, then I'll tease him a little bit. And then he does the same thing. Like uh, actually two days ago, I was supposed to follow up with a bunch of leads and uh, he called me. He's like, Hey, how's everything going? I'm like, good. Just coming back from the cabin, had to go down and clean it. And he's like, all right, dude, enough's enough. He's like, you got work to do and you're spending all this damn time down at the cabin. Um, and he just pretty much called me out on it, but not like, not like aggressive, like a friendly, like, Hey, get your, get your stuff together here. So, uh, yeah, two days ago, like I said, I started looking for somebody to clean it. I'm going to throw an ad up on uh, Facebook, like from different groups today. Um, so it's, it's good. I keep him in check. He keeps me in check. That's awesome. So I want to, I want to circle back a little bit then. Uh, well, what went driving do that? Um, kind of comment on that piece there. Um, you guys hold each other accountable. Um, especially for your different roles and your partnership. Uh, so I think that's awesome. And then two, <laughs> I want to circle back, uh, back to your 70 unit. So what, uh, when did you guys end up doing with that um, after you bought it? Kind of walk me back through that story. Yep. So uh, we bought it. I don't remember the, the numbers specifically. Um, I can give you the, the numbers for, because again, I was like very little involved in that deal. I just pretty much found it. I helped with the walkthrough and that was pretty much it. Now, like I'm, I'm like 100% right. hands off, <clears throat> but um, I can give you an idea of the 30 unit. Cause I know those numbers. Cause I'm actually overseeing the entire project. Uh, I'm reminded about it every single day. So the 30 unit, we bought it for 830 grand. Um, very distressed. So when we bought it, there are 24 one bedroom units and there's six two bedroom units. The one bedrooms we're getting about 400 to 450 bucks a month. Um, right now, I think we have five units left to remodel, um, and those are getting 590 a month. So we were able to increase rent quite a bit on that. Um, and so to back up a little bit more, for apartment buildings and commercial, they're analyzed like if you're trying to figure out the value, is you take the net operating income and divide it by that area's cap rate. So you're going to take your gross income. Um, minus your net expenses, and then you get your uh, NOI, your net Could operating you income. What cap rate means also for those who may not know? Yeah. Um, so cap rate, what I do is I reach out to um, my commercial broker because the cap rate in every single area is going to be different. Um, so like you don't know what an area is going to appraise for. So like what I would always say 
is just reach out to your mortgage broker and ask him like, hey, if I'm if I'm underwriting this deal, what's a safe cap rate to um, kind of plug in here? So like a lot of areas, like if you're in a big city, like six, six and a half percent. So you would take your NOI, let's say one hundred thousand um, dollars divided by six percent. And that's your your value. So that's what you know it's going to be worth when it's all said and done. So like with apartment buildings, it's really important to increase your income and also decrease your expenses um, because that's going to increase the value of the building. So and those, so the one bedrooms, again, um, and, uh, one, why, why does it do that exactly? Uh, for those who don't know like how commercial real estate works, I know you can Google all this stuff, but I'm trying to give everybody, you know, the 411. Yeah. So, so it's essentially impossible. So like with residential, um, like single family homes, it's really easy to figure out value. You just look at like, let's say you're selling a three bedroom, two bath, 1500 square foot. You're just going to look for other three bedroom, two bath, 1500 square foot in that vicinity that I've sold like within the last six months. And there's a lot of property that that kind of turns and sells. So it's really easy to figure out the value with commercial. Like if I'm selling a 30 unit building, it's really difficult to find another 30 unit building with the same unit mix. So how many one bedrooms, how many two bedrooms? with the same net operating income um, to be able to comp it out to. So that's that's why they've, they base it off of the, it's called the income approach, um, rather than like the retail stuff, single family stuff is the sold comparison approach or like something like that, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So our two bedrooms, so we have six two bedrooms. And those started at about 500 to 550 when we inherited it. That's what our tenants were paying. And right now we got those up to 790. And then a few tenants, um, we told them that if they wanted a washer and dryer, because those units have hookups, that it'd be an extra 50, 50 bucks a month. Um, so we have a couple that are paying 840 as well. So it's doing doing pretty well. Um, it's been a learning experience with contractors. I'm on my like fifth crew right now. Um, and that's that's been the biggest challenge with this is contractors. Um, so like my one guy were on what's today Saturday. He was supposed to have this one unit done not this Wednesday but last Wednesday, and he agreed that every day he goes over, um, it's fifty dollars deducted from his balance. And uh, we're what like ten twelve days over right now. So that's that's been my biggest challenge with the old apartment subs contractors. And so like to get in even deeper on that, let me get my calculator out. So we bought that 30 unit for 830 grand and we're putting about, uh, let's see here, 830. We're putting about 115 into it on the rehab. So we're all in for like 945, okay? And when it's all said and done, let's see. So I said the two bedrooms, are getting 790. So multiply that by, like if your listeners are following along here, you can just literally plug this into your calculator and see how I come up with it. So 790 a unit times six, because there's six units, and then multiply that by 12, that's 12 months. So those those, uh, two bedrooms are grossing 56,880, okay? And then the one bedroom, so 590, times 24, because there's 24 of them, times 12 for 12 months, those are going to gross 169, 920. 
So then what we're going to do is add the 169,920, the 56,880. So we have a gross income of 226,800 bucks. So let's factor 40% for expenses. So 60 of that, 60% of that. So our net operating income is going to be around 130, $136,000. Okay. So that'll be essentially our profit. And that, that doesn't include debt service. Um, but that, that doesn't have anything to do with the value right. of the building. So now we know what our net operating is, income is, the $136,000. So if you want to figure out what it's worth, let's say this building is appraising for a six and a half cap. So we divide that by 0.065. So our building is going to be worth just shy of $2.1 million. And again, we're all into this for 945. Um, so what's going to happen is the bank is likely going to give us 65% of that number. And 0.65, we subtract what we're all into it for. So 945, and there's some holding costs and things like that as well, but this is just like simple version. 945. So when we refinance this, we'll be able to take, again, this number says 415. There's some holding costs, so it's not going to be quite this big. Um, it'll be anywhere from 200 to $300,000 in refinance proceeds that me and my partner will put in our pocket. And that's tax-free because it's loan proceeds. It's not capital gains. It's not profit or it's not. Uh, right. Can't tax debt. Yeah, so so we'll be able to put that in our pocket, and then on top of that, now we have a performing asset that we can just hold on to until we want to sell it or refinance again one that's day. That's awesome, man, and that's another reason I'm a, a huge fan of uh, commercial real estate. It just seems like you have so much more control over the value of your property. Um, like in your case, like you guys, you know, you, you when you bought it undervalued, um, and you you put you fixed it up, you increased the rents, you got it operating at a, a good. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You got it operating how it's supposed to, like efficiently. And now you guys are, you know, taking home a check of, you know, 200K plus um, straight home and getting ready to do it again. So I love, I love that. Do um, you have any tips or tricks for how a rookie should uh, get into your position three to five years from now? Yeah. Um, so I, here's what you don't do. Um, so don't reach out to another investor that's already doing this and don't ask them to pick their brain. Don't ask them to, don't ask to take them to coffee. Don't ask to take them to lunch, provide some sort of value to that person. Right? So instead of reaching out saying, Hey, can I pick your brain? I want to learn commercial. Like what I found out is, and, and I love helping people, but when people ask me to pick my brain, like I spend 30 minutes with them or whatever on the phone and then they never end up doing anything. And it's just like, I'm like, you just stole time from my business, from my family on something that you never even acted on. Um, and we're just like super busy too. I'm not saying like I'm the busiest guy in the world, um, but my brain can only be picked so much until there's nothing left as well. So what I would say is bring some sort of value to whoever you want to learn from. So like maybe um, like just a few ideas. So. Instead of saying, hey, you want to go to coffee? I want to talk to you about real estate. Say, um, hey, Dan, uh, I, I really like following uh, everything that you posted with the commercial side so, more, so far, and I really want to learn more about it. Is there anything I can help you with as far as finding more deals? 
or could I maybe come over and cut your grass for you? And in return, you spend 30 minutes with me, or can I come over and pick the dog crap up out of your backyard and you spend 15 minutes with me? Like if somebody said that to me, like I'd say yes in a heartbeat. And guess what? I'm not going to spend 15 minutes with them. I'm going to spend as much time as they need more than likely because I know they're hungry and they're going to do whatever it takes rather than someone just saying, Hey, can I take you out to coffee? Like focus on the value, like coffee, lunch, like it's, I don't care. I appreciate it. But to me, it's not a big deal if you buy me a $3 cup of coffee, like bring, bring some value. Like what can you do to help me? And that's when I'm going to see like, okay, this person's serious. What, let, let's dive into this a little bit further. Does that make sense? And it, it kind of reminds me of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, he said, you kind of got to eat shit for like, you know, the first couple of years and um, you know, not, not literally obviously, but <laughs> you gotta you gotta go through some rough patches in the very beginning um and if people you know see you doing that and you, you're providing value to them then they're gonna be more than willing to help dude and i'm still in that phase um like i don't have it 100 figured out like people hear that i have 120 ish units and like now to me it's embarrassing i'm like yeah well i've had 120 ish like i have like three months ago i had 115 so now i have five more and it's like, I feel like I'm just like barely moving. Um, so like, I don't even like talking about it anymore. And that's part of the reason, like, I don't know if we talked about it last time, but I I would, I read one of the most powerful scenarios I've re ever read in my entire life. And it completely changed my business and my systems. So here's a scenario. So your kids just got kidnapped. You're out, grocery st you're out at the grocery store and your kids just get kidnapped and you have to pay uh, the $100,000 ransom within 30 days. Otherwise, you never see your kids again. What are you going to do? You can't sell anything. You can't take out a loan. You can't do anything illegal. What are you going to do? And I, I read this question from one of my mentors and I'm like, that's a really good question. Like, what would I do? So like, I just started thinking like, okay, what would I do to get money in real estate as fast as possible? So wholesaling. I, I've never wholesaled a deal. I don't wholesale. But that was like, like my mindset. So what could I do to find really good deals, right? And so that scenario has been playing in my head. And that's when I took action on hiring two VAs. I'm like, okay, well, I know I can't, I shouldn't say I can't. It's going to be very difficult for me alone to make a hundred grand over the next 30 days. So like, what, what do I need to do as far as like filling in the pieces? So uh, I made a Zoom video showing uh, a VA on how to pull leads and import them into a Google Sheet. Um, so she's been doing that. And it's it's uh, we use Upwork.com. So we use people from the Philippines. And dude, it's like it's like four bucks an hour that we're paying her. And she's thrilled. Um, and then our acquisitions lady, um, she's also from overseas. And uh, we're paying her. We gave her the option nine bucks an hour um, and no bonuses or eight bucks an hour. And she'll get bonuses. Uh, I won't go into detail, but she gets she gets a nice little bonus. Um, for how she performs awesome. and like now I just automated everything and I can focus on figuring out sources for new leads. I can go out and make sure my projects are getting done on time. And that'll be my next hire is finding somebody to just kind of oversee project management. Um, and then like, it's just, it's just constantly leveling up. So like it's up. And then like right now we're at the point where we have like a ton of deals and we're starting to forget about things. So we just put another system in place, but it's going down. 
and then it's up again. And it's just like a constant roller coaster, kind of like the stock market, how it's constantly like long term, like the S&P 500 is like a constant uptrend. That's that's how real estate is. Like if you have the right systems in place where it's going to be like a little roller coaster, but ultimately it just kind of keeps going up and up and up. Makes that makes sense. sense, buddy. I love it. Um, so we're going to transition a little bit um, from like the real estate side to like kind of the family side of things. So you have a wife and two kids at home. Um, how do how did you get them, like your wife especially, on board? Uh, because obviously what you're doing is like, you know, super big and audacious. Um, you know, most people would be like, it's super risky. So what was your way of, you know, convincing your wife, like, Hey, this is something I want to do. This is going to benefit us long-term. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My wife, uh, she's, she supported me since day one of getting into real estate. Like I remember, um, sitting on my couch before I was even an agent and I had my classes pulled up on my computer and it was like 1400 bucks or whatever. And I was like, should I sign up for real estate classes? And she looked at me, she's just like, she's like, if you think that you're going to do great in it, she's like, I think you will too. She's like, I know your work ethic. And if you want to do this, then just do it. So I clicked the button and uh, signed up for my license or my classes for, to get my license. And then here I am today. So like, she's always supported me. Um, the whole investing stuff freaks her out a little bit in the beginning, just because she didn't know 100% like what it entailed. And then I kind of had to break it down to her. I'm like, hey, look, we're not bringing any money out of our pocket. Here's how it works. We raise the money. And, and like I explained it, um, and just kind of ease her mind a little bit. And then I, I still talk to her about it. Like, um, She doesn't like like knowing about real estate in detail because it's not her passion. Same thing, like she's an RN. So she'll come uh-huh. home and tell me about like, um, I don't even know what she's talking about half the time. Like she uses these terms. And I'm like, I just look at her and then I start talking about real estate. And she just looks at me. <laughs> so, so we talk about it a little bit, but we don't ever like go into deep detail, but like she'll walk through some of my rehabs and check them out. Those sorts of things she likes to have, but yeah, she's supported me since day one. What does success look like to you? Success is figuring out what do you want? That I think is the most important question that people need to ask themselves is what don't like what do you want and don't just say financial freedom or you know whatever what does that really look like right so a lot of people say they're why is their kids why is your why your kids like what does that really look like like okay you want to and then they say i want to spend a lot of time with my friends or my i'm sorry my kids okay what what does that look like well i want to go on a vacation twice a year Okay, awesome. What does that look like? Like, how long are you going to go? Where are you going? Uh, We're going to Jamaica. We want to go to Jamaica. Okay, awesome. How long are you staying there? What are you doing? Is it all inclusive? Like, what what activities are you doing with the kids? Like, to me, um, like success is being able to do what I want when I want to do it. And again, I'm not there yet. Um, But not even really thinking about money and just being like, let's buy a one way ticket to Puerto Rico and we'll just come back whenever. Like that, that's success to me when you can do whatever you want, when you want, and your business keeps running um, because you have those systems and people in place to where you don't have to be involved anymore. That that's, that's what success is to me. Would you say that wealth also piggybacks on that as well? Um, Yeah. So I think it's just a definition of what, what your, like, what's your definition of wealth? Um, To me, that's 
to me, wealth isn't having a bunch of money in the bank or passive income. Like what I want to do, if my kids want to learn this stuff, if they don't, like I'll support them in whatever they want to do. But I want to teach them about money as well. Like what is money? How does it work? Um, how can you make your how can you get your money to make you more money? Like that that's wealth to me, like wealth as far as like knowledge. Like you don't learn that stuff in school. Um, you can learn it off YouTube, you can learn it from guys like us, but I want to make sure my kids know about money. And again, they don't have to do real estate, but if they know how it works, they can go out and build another business if they want it. Or if they want to be a nurse like their mom, that's completely fine too. Um, like I said, I'll support them in whatever they do, as long as it's not, you know, working at like McDonald's for the rest of their life. Um, I'll help them. I'll help them level up. Like that's, that's my goal as far as like what. That's awesome. And um, I have the same ambition for uh, my kids as well. So like, like to back up on that too, is like, I've really thought about this too. Um, my wife and I, we struggled to have kids for um, a while and we actually lost uh, two. So we lost one uh, child to a miscarriage and one to an ectopic pregnancy. And so when our first daughter was born, she was kind of our like miracle baby. Um, and that, that made us appreciate it so much more. Not to say that we wouldn't if those things didn't happen, um, but it made us appreciate it so much more. And then our second daughter came and it's like, like, like our mind was just blown. Like, I, like we couldn't believe it was happening. When, when we found out my wife was pregnant for the second time, um, we were like super scared because um, it's happened twice before. And, you know, so um, I have that much more appreciation and I don't take anything for granted. I like that. And, uh, it may be something me and you can discuss after the show, but I can relate. Um, awesome, man. So with your why being your why and with, you know, wealth meaning what it means to you, how big do you want to grow? That's a good question. Um, how big? I, I don't know if there's like a number in place per se. Um, again, I just want... I just want to be able to do what I want when I want to do it. Like, and then I, I always like, that's my answer right now, but like, I'm never like comfortable or content. So like, I'm saying that right now, <clears throat> but let's say a year from now, like I'm in that space, like I'm going to have some other goal. Like there's just, there's always like, I always want to grow. Like I don't like just staying complacent and just kind of like going through the motion. So like maybe a year from now I can do what I want when I want to do it. And then I have another goal, like maybe that's me lending private money to other investors and then just sit back and let my money make more money through others and others deals. Um, so I guess that's that's my best answer for that one. That's fair, man. I like it. And what steps do you feel like you need to take in order to get there? Just systems, hire more people. Um, like I said, over the last like so my acquisitions uh, person started 10 days ago and I've seen a ton of success so far. Um, the biggest piece is, like I said earlier, is core four, um, working on those every single day, power, passion, purpose, production, because a lot of like real estate agents or investors, like we get in those funks where we're just like beating ourselves up, everything's going wrong. But when you focus on those four areas of your life every single day, like you beat those funks a lot faster. It's like when you're showing gratitude, you're working on yourself, you're going for a run, you're lifting weights, um, you're, you're working on something in your business to move forward. Like. Uh, 
like it's really hard to stay in those funks when you do those things. What uh, what obstacles do you think are getting in your way? So as of late, um, the whole COVID situation. So originally, what we were going to do is we bought uh, a handful of properties and we were rehabbing them, and then we we're going to refinance them and turn them into Airbnbs. Lending, um, unfortunately, tightened up quite a bit, um, and we weren't able to refinance them. So we had to uh, put a few on the market and are trying to sell those. And right now those are kind of stale um, because they're so close. Like they're in really nice neighborhoods in Cleveland and they're kind of just sitting there right now. So um, that's my biggest challenge so far is being able to just sell those and move on or lending starting to open up right now again. Um, so we might even look at refinancing again now. Um, or going that route again, I should say. But that's my biggest challenge right now as, as far as short-term. Long-term, the biggest challenge, I would say, is just being able to create the systems fast enough as we continue to grow. Like I said, yesterday, I was talking to one of my joint venture partners, and like we couldn't keep up with our leads. Um, these are like warm leads. And uh, I asked him, like, hey, where did we leave off with this deal? He's like, uh, to be honest, I don't remember anything about that deal. So we, we kind of created that system to where we know, like, when's the last time we talked to them? What did the conversation sound like? What's going on with the property? Those sorts of things. So it's just building systems with every problem we have. The hard part with that, though, is usually don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You just learn as you go. Learn as you go. Awesome. And then last question within this segment, man, is uh, what would you like to be known for? Honestly, I just want to be known as a good person that is able to help others. Um, right now, I don't know what that looks like. And going back to your other question, like, what are my long-time goals? Maybe that's it. Um, and this isn't any time now. I'm nowhere near ready for this now. But maybe way later in the future, like, I create some sort of coaching platform as well. Where, again, now, I, I know I talked about earlier where I can't let people pick my brain all the time or go out for coffee or go out for lunch. So maybe I can create something to where... I can bring value to a bunch of people at one time. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe something like that. I'm, I'm not, not hundred percent sure. Hey, you, you get in the ball roll and you're thinking about it. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. To... Exactly. Cool, Dan. Well, man, uh, are you ready to transition transition into the last segment of the show? Let's do it. Awesome. So this is the segment of the show, which we call the highlight wheel is where I will ask you seven questions. And I want you to just think of, uh, sorry, I want you to just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, yeah. So ready? Let's do it. Awesome. Question number one, what is the one thing that you have done in your life that you could say you were the most proud of? So the one moment in my life that I can say I've been most proud of. Uh So it, it's not even real estate related. Um, it's definitely the days my daughters were born. Um, like I've never, like I've never been that excited my entire life. Like watching a human be born and you know, like that's your blood. Like it, it, it just gives me chills thinking about like reflecting back on those days. Um, that's by far the most proudest I've been in, in my entire life. Like watching that, those moments happen. I'm the same way. Um, definitely scary as hell, though. Dude, yeah. <laughs> my second daughter, um, 
it was it, it was really scary. Um, like I forget what happened specifically. Oh, her heart rate kept dropping, and like my wife's like her face was like pure white. Like she was like a ghost, and she was feeling dizzy. She was throwing up, and out of nowhere, like the doctor just came in. He's like, "All right, let's 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 start pushing." And uh, the nurses were like, "She's not completely dilated yet." He's like, "I know." He's like, "But let's go ahead and get started." And I was like, "What's going on?" Like I, dude, legit, I was crying because I was scared. Like I didn't know what was going on. And uh, like when I saw that moment happen, and my daughter came out, I got to meet her. Like just like such a huge sigh of relief and just like so happy and it was awesome i love that um and i'm sure like parents around the world could also relate to to something like that also it's the scariest moment of your life and it's the most awesome moment of your life right it's it's not something you can really describe neither that actual feeling no it's not it's not (laughs) it's 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 like no other feeling this entire world but it's it's awesome Question number two, what was the most rewarding thing you have done for someone else? The most rewarding thing I've done for someone else. That's a good question. I would say, um, so back when I used to coach agents, um, I was able to coach around 70 agents and I absolutely loved it. Um, The only problem is I was kind of caught in that rat race where I wasn't a full-time investor yet. So I was doing full-time coaching, full-time real estate agent, part-time investor. And like my phone was just constantly going off. Um, so that was a challenge, but like being able to help other agents build their business, um, whether that be their brand new agent, they started zero and like go to a hundred thousand within their first year. And it, it's happened. Um, like that was an awesome feeling. And then helping other agents where they were seasoned agents, like not crushing it, but doing like, one deal every month, every, every other month or so, and being able to help them as far as like, just make a couple small pivots and watch their business uh, take off. And there's a lot of those agents now that I really follow and they're top producers in our market. And that's, that's really rewarding to me. That's awesome. Question number three, what book have you gifted the most? So I, I wouldn't say I've actually gifted it, um, but I've recommended this book uh, a ton. And it's called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Um, it's, not a, it's not a real estate related book, but it's a, uh, like a mindset book. And so actually I posted something on this my, uh, on my Facebook page uh, a couple of days ago. Is this time last year, um, I was one month into my fitness journey after reading that book. And uh, Fast forward to today, I've lost like somewhere around like 42 pounds or something like that uh, and feel so much better and like healthier and like I can do more things and not get tired and like I I just overall feel better. So like if you're looking for a book and you've never read Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, like you got to start today. Again, take action today, at least buy the book and then read it later when you get time. But um, it's available on Audible which is really good too, because after each chapter, he actually does like a short little podcast and talks about that chapter in depth. And it's just, it's extremely motivating um, to learn what your body truly can do and what you can't do and what, what you can and can't do when you put your mind to things. I'm going to have to check that one out. Dude, you got to do today. <laughs> right. Take action. 
Question number four, who's been the biggest influence on you in your life? The biggest influence is, again, my wife. Um, they're like, again, she's always supported me with everything that I do. Um, but there was also a moment like right after, like she was in college and uh, we broke up for a little while and she pretty much like, that's when I was working at McDonald's and uh, like, I wasn't going to college or anything. I was just like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And she pushed me to actually go to school. Like she didn't tell me like, Hey, if you want, if you want me back, you got to go to school. But she's like, you got to show me that you're doing something with your life. And, and essentially like she doesn't want to date a loser. Obviously she wasn't that harsh about it. Um, so I went, I went to a uh, school enrolled into college. Uh, <clears throat> a couple months later, she took me back and then I dropped out. <laughs> but here I am today. <laughs> right. so, yeah. so it all worked out. Yeah. So she's, she's supported me um, a ton uh, and she's always pushed me. Um, she listens to my challenges. She helps kind of talk through them. Um, so she's been by far, my my biggest supporter since day one and then obviously my parents have supported me as well right i always felt like every uh every great man has an even greater woman behind it absolutely him. absolutely yep hopefully my wife listens to this one <laughs> <laughs> brownie points right <laughs> if, number five if the world was ending in 24 hours what would be the first thing you would do i would ask my kids what they want to do and that's what I would do. I would go to my kids and be like, hey, we can do anything you want. We can we can fly to Puerto Rico. My wife has some family that lives there. We can go to the beach. If you want to go to the park, like if you want to swim for the next 24 hours, ride horses, go hiking, go to our cabin, boat, like what do you want to do? <clears throat> that's what I would do. I love that answer. Mm -hmm. Number six. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Um, easiest place right now is Facebook. Um, there's two Dan Mitchens. Uh, the other one's my dad, but my profile is the one with uh, like the Cleveland, it says Cleveland in the background. Um, so that's the easiest way to find me. I'm also going to be starting a YouTube channel where I break down like each and every deal I've done so far, like what the deal looked like, how I found the deal, um, all those sorts of things. I don't know when I'm going to start it yet, um, but it is going to start. Take action. What's that? Take action. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I put it out there um, in Facebook world saying that like I gave everyone my link and everything and I said, I'm going to start. So that was my action step. Um, but now I just need to create the content. So again, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen before the end of 2020. That's awesome. And then uh, I like also how you, put it out there to uh, to your peers because now they can also hold you accountable. Exactly, exactly. And I, I got to keep my credibility. So I can't just say I'm going to do something and talk about all this stuff and then and then not do it. So it, it's right. going to happen. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And we'll link to uh, all of those in the show notes as well for you. Awesome. Um, I, I was, well, send me your uh, YouTube link also if you do have like the page created yeah. already. We'll link to that. That way they can at least subscribe um, and see what the great content that you're going to be coming out with awesome. pretty soon is awesome dude yeah i'll send it over awesome last question what is it that our listeners can bring you that would be of value to you or your business um i'm always looking for new ways to find more deal flow um like i've always kind of thought outside of the box <clears throat> so i want to know like what's working for you guys 
like whether you're doing apartments or single family or whatever it may be, um, what are you doing that's working? Like that's what I take value from. And then I'll share with you uh, what's working for me or answer any questions that you can have. But um, yeah, I'm always looking for ways to like unique ways to find more deals. Not just, and I don't mean just like mailers to absentee owners or, you know, the usual going through wholesalers. Like I want to know like what you're doing unique that's getting you a ton of deal flow. That's my honest answer. Awesome guys. Well, if you know, if you know anyone or you know some information, reach out to Dan here. Yes, sir. Just don't, uh, don't say you'll pick him up. <laughs> it sounds so horrible too, but like, it's just, it's the truth. It's taking time away from my family and, and my business. And then half the time, nothing right. even happens. <clears throat> right. So provide value if you are going to reach out and, you know, bringing deal flow is of course going to be a value. So. So awesome, man. Like this was a pleasure having you on second time in a row. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Not a problem. I wanted to thank you again for, you know, being patient and uh, patient with my technology here and coming back on and visit me. Um, And yeah, man, like this was awesome. You have uh, anything else you want to leave our audience with? Uh, Be present, be in the moment. Like don't, don't focus 100% on your business. Like if you have kids or you have a wife or whatever, like be present. Uh, don't be on your phone when you're trying to have conversations with your family. That's something I've re- really worked on as well is putting the phone down and being present in the moment. Um, that's it. That's awesome. That's advice you probably could have given. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I'm going to go ahead and let you get back to your family. Uh, until next time. Yeah, <laughs> I'll never know how to end this. I got a really. Until next time, <laughs> this has been another episode of the Buckeye. Was it Buckeye Investor? Uh, you forgot the name. Oh uh, man! <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on another amazing episode of the Buckeye Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe so you can be notified every time we post a new episode. We would also greatly appreciate it if you left us a rating and review. This really helps us get this great content in front of more people. As always, keep striving for greatness, and I'll see you guys on the next one. Have a good one. Peace.